0: You're listening to Come Follow Me Weekly, a weekly podcast with thoughts and insights for the Come Follow Me lessons of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm your host, Heather Weber. Thanks for being here with me this week. The title of this week's lesson is Ye Are the Children of the Covenant, and it covers 3 Nephi chapters 20 through 26. Well, we've had a few changes in our family over the past couple of weeks. A few weeks ago, our ward split. And like they so often do, they took two wards and made three. And in the consequence of that, I got asked to be the Young Women's President. So that's what I'm doing or attempting to figure out how to do that. I have no idea how to do that, Colin. So I don't know. I'm going to do my best and see how it goes. And I've thought about this podcast. What does that mean? You know, I first thought, well, I'm not going to be able to do this anymore I've gone on, I've thought, you know, I probably need to do this more than I even did before. So I'm going to keep trying to do it and we'll just see how it goes. I really would like to be able to finish out the Book of Mormon and go through the end of the year. I'm just going to do my best and see what happens. I've seen so many miracles in my life over this past year and a half, trying to get this podcast done every week. I know the Lord helps me with it every week. And I feel like if this is a good thing for me to do, He will continue to help me. So I don't know. (laughs) We're just going to take it week by week and see how it goes. The opening paragraph of this week's lesson says, When you hear people use terms like house of Israel, do you feel like they're talking about you? The Nephites and Lamanites were literal descendants of Israel. Their story even begins in Jerusalem. But to some of them, Jerusalem must have seemed like a land which is far distant, a land which we know not. Yes, they were a branch of the tree of Israel, but they were also lost from its body, But when the Savior appeared to them, He wanted them to know that they were not lost to Him. Ye are of the house of Israel, He said, and ye are of the covenant. He might say something similar to you today, for anyone who is baptized and makes covenants with Him is also of the house of Israel, or of the covenant no matter who you descend from or where you live. In other words, when Jesus speaks of the house of Israel, He is talking about you. The instruction to bless all the kindreds of the earth is for you. The invitation to awake again and put on thy strength is for you. And his precious promise, my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, is for you. This week we're still with Jesus visiting the people in the land of Bountiful. When we ended a couple of weeks ago, we were at the point where they had all been praying in one group, and then Jesus asked them to stop so that he could continue teaching them the things that they needed to hear. The first section of the lesson talks about how in the latter days God will perform a great and marvelous work. We are living in the latter days. In fact, President Nelson said in conference that we are in the latter part of the latter days. And we know that the great and marvelous work they're talking about is the Book of Mormon being published and going throughout the whole earth and the gospel being taken to the whole earth and the gathering of Israel. In verse 4, Jesus says, For it is wisdom in the Father that they should be established in this land, and be set up as a free people by the power of the Father, that these things might come forth from them unto a remnant of your seed, that the covenant of the Father may be fulfilled, which he hath covenanted with his people, O house of Israel. As covenant people, we are given certain promises. In the lesson, there is a quote from President Nelson that says, We are among the covenant people of the Lord— Ours is the privilege to participate personally in the fulfillment of these promises. What an exciting time to live. Okay, I don't know if I would call this year exciting, but I guess I get his point. And then last weekend, during General Conference, President Nelson talked about this very thing. He said, As you study your scriptures during the next six months, I encourage you to make a list of all that the Lord has promised He will do for covenant Israel. I think you will be astounded ponder these promises. Talk about them with your family and friends. Then live and watch for these promises to be fulfilled in your own life. My dear brothers and sisters, if you choose to let God prevail in your lives, you will experience for yourselves that our God is a God of miracles. As a people, we are His covenant children, and we will be called by His name. So what are some of these promises? These chapters can be a little bit challenging because Jesus is quoting Isaiah and Malachi for a lot of it. And here's one example. In verse 19 of chapter 20, it says, For I will make my people with whom the Father hath covenanted, yea, I will make thy horn iron, and I will make thy hoofs brass, and thou shalt beat in pieces many people, and I will consecrate their gain unto the Lord, and their substance unto the Lord of the whole earth. And behold, I am he who doeth it. Even though Isaiah is kind of hard to understand, I did like the fact that Jesus is quoting Isaiah, who talks a lot about Jesus, so that was kind of a cool perspective on the verses of Isaiah. And I think what he's saying here is that one of the promises we have when we live up to our covenants is that He can help us accomplish anything we need to do, and that if we are faithful, we will have the Lord's help in doing it. And I think this is why President Nelson asked us to take the next six months to study these promises, because they do take some thought and a little bit of searching and pondering. And throughout these chapters, that seems to me to be the main message, that if we remain faithful, the Lord will be with us. And even if we're not faithful, but we choose to come back, He will be with us again. He says, if you return unto me, I will return unto you. I'm always so amazed at the mercy of our Heavenly Father and of our Savior. They don't give up on us, and to them, we are never a lost cause. Some of the other promises that we have as covenant people are the ability to have the power of the priesthood active in our lives and the power to feel peace no matter what challenges we're facing. I love this challenge from President Nelson, and I think that searching out these promises and letting the Spirit speak to us about them and their effect in our lives can help us to find our purpose and really motivate us to become more committed to our covenants and to living our lives as covenant people. And that goes right along with the next section of the lesson, which talks about how the Savior wants us to search the words of the prophets. In chapter 23, verse 1, Jesus says, And now behold, I say unto you, that ye ought to search these things. Yea, a commandment I give unto you, that ye search these things diligently. For great are the words of Isaiah. And it's interesting to me, too, that President Nelson just asked us to do the same thing that the Savior is asking us to do here. We can't receive help unless we put forth some effort. That's just how it works. And studying the scriptures is one great way that we can show some effort. At the end of these chapters, in chapter 26, verses 9 and 10, Moroni interjects a little bit, and he says this, And when they shall have received this, which is expedient that they should have first, to try their faith, and if it shall so be that they shall believe these things, then shall the greater things be made manifest unto them. And if it so be that they will not believe these things, then shall the greater things be withheld from them unto their condemnation. Taking the time to study the scriptures allows us to open ourselves up to the Holy Ghost. And in doing that, we put ourselves in a position to receive personal revelation. For me, taking the time to study these scriptures every week has literally saved my sanity this year. I had no idea when I woke up on January 1st what I would be dealing with for these many months and months we need His help, and we need the extra measure of the Spirit that comes when we take the time to open up our scriptures. The next section of the lesson talks about how God is merciful to those who return to Him. In chapter 22, verses 10-17, through 17, it says this, For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. O thou afflicted, tossed with tempest, and not comforted! Behold, I will lay thy stones with fair colors, and lay thy foundations with sapphires. And I will make thy windows of agates, and thy gates of carbuncles, and all thy borders of pleasant stones. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. In righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together against thee, not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall revile against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. And as an example of what I was saying before, these verses tell me that if we keep our covenants and try our best every day to be faithful, that our Heavenly Father and our Savior will be there for us, and with them there is nothing that we can't handle. They created everything, they are aware of everything, and they can help us with any problem that could possibly come into our lives. I loved In General Conference when President Nelson was giving his opening remarks, and he was talking about all of the problems in the world— And then he was like, on the other hand, the church is doing amazing. Just like they said multiple times in multiple ways in conference, we don't need activism. We don't need to focus on the sustainability of the earth or social programs. We need to focus on our spiritual sustainability, because if we do that, all of those other problems will start to take care of themselves. If people are better, the world is better, and we become better through the grace of our Savior Jesus Christ. I had someone once tell me that it's a pretty ignorant statement to say that acting more like Jesus will solve complex problems. But guess what? Acting more like Jesus helps solve every problem. And if you don't believe that, please reread every conference talk from this last conference. And of course, it's not as easy as just saying, oh, I'm going to act like Jesus, and then all of our problems are solved. It really takes a lifetime of consistent effort, but that lifetime of effort is made up one day at a time. And in each one of those days, all we need to do is try, in big ways or small ways, to be better than we were the day before. The last section of the lesson talks about our hearts turning to our ancestors, and it references 3 Nephi 25, verses 5 and 6, which says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. We are so lucky to live in a time when we have such easy access to all kinds of information. That can definitely be a blessing and a curse, but when it comes to family history, it's a definite blessing. The family search website has so much information about our ancestors. Even with young kids, you can show them photos and tell them stories about distant relatives and help them, even being young, to start to have a love for family history. And if you could get a teenager excited about family history and have them actually use the internet for something productive or to do the same thing for ourselves, that's a big win for everybody. And when we start to get to know these people through their photos and stories, I think it turns our hearts to those people and it turns our hearts to the temple. These people need us to help them receive eternal blessings. Even though we can't attend the temple right now, we can still do indexing or take this time to get our own family records in order, or contribute some of our own photos and stories to the Family Search website. There is a lot that we can do and a lot of good, productive ways to spend our time. Last Sunday, in our ward, they mentioned that a lot of people had let their temple recommends expire because we can't attend the temple. But keeping our recommends current is really important. Elder Resband spoke directly about this at conference. He said that although temples might not be open, being worthy to attend the temple, however, has not been suspended. He said, let me emphasize, whether you have access to a temple or not, you need a current temple recommend to stay firmly on the covenant path. Something else that I liked in the reading this week that wasn't really mentioned in the lesson is in chapter 23. After Jesus has recounted some of the words of Isaiah, he asked Nephi to bring him the records that they had been commanded to keep. So Nephi brought them, and when Jesus looked at them, he reminded Nephi that no one had written down the words of Samuel the Lamanite. In chapter 23, verses 11 through 13, Jesus says, How be it that ye have not written this thing, that many saints did arise and appear unto many and did minister unto them? And it came to pass that Nephi remembered that this thing had not been written. And it came to pass that Jesus commanded that it should be written. Therefore, it was written according as he commanded. I love that they included this little exchange, because I don't know about you, but it kind of hits me right in the heart. (laughs) I know that someday I will personally talk with the Savior, and He will go over a record of my life. And I can see Him looking at it and being like, hmm, remember when I asked you to minister to this person and you never really got around to it? Or remember when I sent you this prompting to do something that would really make a difference and you ignored it? Now these things are going to happen because we're not perfect and we all have our own challenges. But it did make me want to pay more attention to the things that I need to be doing. The things we're asked to do and the promptings we feel are important. And when we follow them and do our best, it just benefits everyone and our lives become a whole lot happier. And those are a few of the thoughts I had about this week's lesson. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. And if any of you happen to be Young Women's Presidents or past Young Women's Presidents and you have any advice for me at all, you can email me at cfmweekly at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Come Follow Me Weekly. I hope you all have a great week.